1: To explain or say How painful the hangover was today In front of the toilet, hands and knees Trying to breathe in between the dry heaves My baby made me some coffee Afraid that if I drink some It's probably coming right back out me Couple of Advil Relax and chill At a standstill with how bad I feel I need to smell fresh air So I stepped out the back door and fell down the stairs The sunlight hit me dead in the eye Like it's mad that I gave half the day to last night My bad sight made me trip on my ass Right into that patch of grass Like that's life All of a sudden, I realized something The weather is amazing, even the birds are bumping Stood up and took a look and a breath there's that bike that I forgot that I possessed
2: Welcome to episode 142 of the After Lodge <laughs> podcast Streaming to you from some Google thing in the cloud From places all over
1: Server in a very clean, cool room somewhere But well,
2: we don't know which one because it's
1: the cloud So it could be, you could right, be right.
2: Up from, from Arizona,
1: Japan, who knows <laughs> My point is it's probably not smoke-filled
2: uh, it is. It is not. Except for unless it's in our town, uh, people sneak cigarettes into the data center. Uh, but otherwise, uh, welcome to the show. This week, as promised, we are joined by the one and only Millennial Freemason. Say hello, Nick.
1: Bonjour. Bonjour. What's up, Nick? I'm so happy uh, we can have you on. I'm a big fan of yours. I know I've never really told you that, but that's because I don't like to tell anybody that.
3: <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of you guys, too. Your, your show really uh, fills a uh, very important need within the craft, so I'm really glad to be here. That's
1: a, yeah, it's a legitimate compliment.
3: <laughs> I got one.
1: I got one in. So. Right, right, right.
2: <laughs> of course, after Jason left, uh, we went and found uh, After Lodge Jason 2.0. But it took us a while to drag him here.
3: Well, it took a while to grow the beard, so I mean, it's... Oh, right. <laughs> I have a baby face, so there's a lot of Rogaine and a lot of burn soul. Uh, oh, it's okay, your face
1: won't be on here unless, you know, you want it to.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Nick is our first guest in the new format who is not a uh, first-timer on the show. Uh, I don't remember what episode it was because it was a while back, but uh, Nick has co-hosted with us before. So you get no yes. excuses.
3: Zero, zilch, nada. Oh, no, that was a good show that he was on last time, too. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm always trying to raise the bar. Got to keep all the quality. As as you know, I control all of Freemasonry, so I have to. There you go. Keep quality throughout all the shows. So. Quality
1: assurance. It's it's an important job.
3: It really is. It's Tough.
0: <laughs> Great.
1: So,
2: uh, Bruce. Yes, sir. Did anything of note happen this week?
1: uh yeah so saturday saturday we had lodge Um, i
2: said anything of note
1: (laughs) you shut your mouth uh i i had my first evening uh in the in the chair in the east and uh it was uh i mean it was fine i guess we didn't have any problems went relatively smoothly we talked for entirely too long about a um an eyesore within (laughs) our community (laughs) yes a sign we we spent 45 minutes talking about this broken, dilapidated sign that's been up there for longer than I've been alive, and the discussion of that sign took longer than the rest of the entire meeting combined, uh, but it was, I mean, it was a fine meeting. Oh. Sorry.
2: You know that you were in control the whole time, right? Like you had the gavel. You could have stopped the suffering.
3: It's my first time, man. I gotta be gentle. Masters are never in control of the lodge. It, it's <laughs> just a fact. Seriously. Ask me about the corn dog stand. All I have, all I have to do is—it'll it, be a 45-minute discussion of, let's talk about the design of a corn dog stand. I'm hmm. not, even kidding.
2: not even. Well, kidding. around here, it used to be the fence, um, oh God. and I tried—I tried to explain the concept of adverse possession here in our state uh, to the guys more times than I care to count. They still don't get it. They don't understand that that little sliver of land is gone. It's no longer ours. Just let it go.
3: don't you understand farmer mcgee had it for so long it's just it's just a part of the lodge now
2: it's like 40 years (laughs) of of like the lot behind us having that that six feet at one end tapering to nothing at the other end like that's been fenced off for him for like 40 years it's gone
1: (laughs) Uh, the sad part is i like i don't are there even people using that over there not that in tiny triangle specifically but like the red I, I've never seen anybody over there
2: no it's an old transmission like some shop some kind of that went out
1: junk of shop business. or something that, yeah
2: so uh, the old guys who argued about that all the time there's not as many of them coming these days just from health and spouses and whatever so uh, now it's now it's the sign because the mayor is harassing us because well, we open.
1: have a lot of old guys and they have to have something to bitch about you know how it goes <laughs> Oh, yeah. I
2: mean, if it, they could have just asked me. I could give them something off my list.
1: The the Really, the sad part is that at the end of this entire discussion where, let's see, Tony stood up, I think, 17 times to <laughs> add bits to the discussion, and, like, half the guys in the lodge stood up to talk about it. At the very end of all of it, we just decided to, you know, give control of the sign to our social club, and we could have done that 10 seconds into the damn talk, but... It and is want, what it is. You want something done, I, Bruce. It,
2: it, right. I will right. now entertain a motion I need to, to whatever it is I want to do.
1: Oh, see, that's what it was. I should have had the secretary's cheat because list. Of,
2: everybody's so excited to make a motion and just be heard on the minutes or, or written in the minutes that you just say that you'll entertain a motion to do whatever and somebody will do it.
1: Did you put Tony in there every time he stood up? Because those are going to be some long minutes next meeting. <laughs>
2: I try to keep Tony out of the minutes. Plausible deniability. In fact, it never says Tony. It always just refers to him as the chaplain.
3: <laughs> I love it.
2: Yeah. So, Nick, does your lodge have any uh, any, thing like that that just... I know you said the hot dog stand. Uh, uh, th- I couldn't tell uh, th- if that was shtick.
3: No, I, I wish it was shtick, but no, it, it literally was this thing. Every single meeting, 22 minutes, I would. it, it was between 22 and 26 minutes. I know this because as junior warden, <laughs> to keep the time. That's what I did, and I kept the time on my watch. And not that I was actually averaging out how much of my life was being wasted on a now non-existent corndog stand. Yeah, yeah, we have some things. Man, and nothing <laughs> even came of it? That's the worst. Yeah, absolutely nothing. It was. So uh, you don't
2: actually have the corndog stand?
3: Uh, no,
1: no. Oh. So I, I guess this is some kind of fundraising thing that y'all were doing?
3: Yeah, and then, and then I just kind of sat up and said, you know what we're doing? We're going to do a pancake breakfast. And <laughs> he said, oh, and then we're going to do a waffle breakfast. And then all of a sudden it was like, that's all we do now. And it's nice. It's simple. And it's like, wow, all those, all those minutes, hours, days wasted. I really wish I could get those back.
1: And, and <laughs> so, most importantly, it's Masonic.
3: It is. It's Masonic time, too. I mean.
1: So there you go. There you go.
2: You have to uh, sacrifice parts of your life in the literal sense time you sacrifice it to to the craft yeah but you get pancakes
3: out of it it's true you get pancakes and uh, little dangly things for your uh butt- breast coat so that's kind of nice oh. <laughs> dangly things we don't have dangly know, things Medals.
2: you don't get medals you don't get uh we do in the scottish right but um, only like guys that have been there forever, or they get that. Uh, oh, oh, what is that? What is that? The fancy blue hat thing.
3: Um, ah. the, the one where it says you've been around too long?
2: No, no, no. There's like one that comes with a medal, and it's like.
3: Oh, the Great Cross mirror. of Honor? Something is like that, that? Maybe
2: that's what it is. It's not something that just everybody gets. It's like a, some meritorious thing. And yeah. I forgot what it was called, because I'm a bad Scottish <laughs> right.
3: Well, I'm not even in it, so. <laughs> oh, you're not? <laughs> no? You're in
2: everything else. How do you not have a Scottish Rite dues card?
3: I don't know. They're always chasing me down. Seriously, you'd be surprised that I'm not tackled, you know, with a, with like a pen in my hand, Sign this now. But no, no, I've never joined the Scottish Right. Aren't you like a member of like
2: the the Tall Cedars of Lebanon or the 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 Red Cross of Constantine or the Oh... the. the... Blue dogs of something or another. I thought you were like everything.
3: <laughs> well, I, I'm sort of. It's, uh, in the York Right side, it's like you know, you've know, you got a ton of honorary and invitational bodies. So it's yeah, on that side. But it's like, you know, then they throw you in leadership right away. And then it's just the same as everything else. You know, it's like five different ladders all being climbed just because Well, you, you look young and, and kind of happy.
2: <laughs> oh, wait. You're in the yeah. northern jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite, aren't you? Nope. No? Mississippi
3: River, yeah, that's the that's no. the dividing well, then line. You, then you have nice. no excuse. I know. Not only that, you're really going to be bothered by this. But uh, the Minneapolis Valley actually performs all 29 of the Scottish Rite degrees, one or two every week for about 13 weeks, and they do it twice a month or twice a year. So hmm. you, you can actually see every single Scottish Rite degree in long form, slow form, in uh, Minneapolis. Interesting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have a candy bar with your face on it, <laughs> <laughs> and I no longer wish to eat it. <laughs> yes. Eat me. <laughs> I've, been, I, I've been thoroughly let down now. The, the, I
3: know. Isn't that insane? I, I, mean, I just assumed. I, this this
2: I, is what happens when you assume.
3: Oh, man. You know? It's like I, I found your triggers. I found, <laughs> <I> found right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, secretly, Harlem, what you didn't know is that Nick's been preparing a list of yours
3: all week long.
2: Oh, he's had years to do that. <laughs> I know. I, not that
3: I've been using a a, a a bot to search every single thing you posted on Reddit.
2: <laughs> Great. And we we share the same profession, so he knows like some of just the inherent triggers already. So,
3: uh-huh. oh man, why won't this awesome. client pay?
2: <laughs> because they're broke and taking advantage of the system. That's why. Um, you got you got money for that TV, but you ain't got money for your retainer. <laughs> They know you can't drop them once you have began. Representation has commenced. Can't get out without the judge signing off. Mhm. Man. You can't fire me. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So on the list of trigger words, note. Um, before we get to that, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah, let's, let's I am taking weeks. taking Bruce's role this week in that. Uh, bad idea.
4: Nothing really of note happened. Oh.
2: Okay. Uh, I did. I did buy a Highlander. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, my wife, the insurance check finally came in after all the haggling.
1: Car, not the sword. I need
3: to reiterate that. <laughs> I, I was like, dude, that sword, I'm, I'm excited for you now. Seriously. Right.
1: But, the I mean, sword... let's, let, oh. let's, let's be honest here, Nick. Nobody can buy the Highlander. You have to be.
3: It's true. There can only be one. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I
2: don't know if I'd rather have this car than the sword. This car is, is fantastic. I'm a little bit jealous of my wife. Uh, I can't tell her that, of course. But it is a very, very nice vehicle. Um, new to us. Not really new. But uh, it's fancy. I kind of want to. I, I drove it today to take the dog in to, to the vet and whatnot. And I kind of didn't want to bring it back. I took the scenic route. It's Nice.
1: Nice. Uh, I guess, I don't know, it's an SUV, dude. I I, I can't (laughs) get excited about those.
2: Uh, It's it's the, okay, so it's not as much fun to drive as mine, uh, but it, like, just on the interior, you feel like you're some kind of royalty rolling around. Uh,
1: The important thing is that your wife likes it, more so that your daughter likes it.
2: Oh, my daughter loves it, so she... uh, There you go. We picked her up and then she pokes me in the belly and after she talks about, I love it. I love it. It's perfect. Then she pokes me in the belly and says, you take the borrow car back now. (laughs) Okay. I will take the borrow car back. I like this one. So yes, she does love it. Uh, I have a picture. I think I was showing at lodge on Saturday of her hanging out the window, this tiny little girl in this giant Toyota. Um, but, yeah, so that's all, it's all good. Uh, my wife got the bigger car she wanted, and nobody was seriously injured. So I would not encourage anybody to go and, and flip a vehicle to get that outcome, but it worked out for us. Um, well, there you yeah. go. So, Nick, uh, as we've been doing with everyone else, uh, it's not as funny with you, uh, but what's happened with you since the last time you were on the podcast?
3: Oh. Um. What has happened, other than not joining Scottish Rite or the Shrine? Um, <laughs> okay, okay. That's I feel better. like those things didn't take much effort. That's better. I know. Don't, don't you feel better now? I, I, I'm not a fez head. I cannot. I cannot flip over my hat to store ice or chicken in it. So we're good to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you were not, if you were in the Shrine and not the Scottish Right, I, I might have just booted you from the chat.
3: Oh man, I, I would have booted me from the chat. But I, actually, there's a funny story behind the Shrine. Is they've actually. They've been chasing me down for years. I'm not even kidding. They, uh, I, I was down in the basement of a Scottish Rite building, and the the secret thing. Doing about, what? Uh, not doing Scottish Rite. Isn't that insane? I was actually there for a. One- here's here's more triggering for you. I was actually performing in a one-day degree, for uh, mm. one-day to masonry. <laughs> so, yes, yes. I am a hypocrite, a, a major hypocrite. But uh, you know, I was there, and the secret behind masonry is you always look at name tags. Because name tags tell you how to talk to somebody, right? And so I go down there, and I'm just, like, chatting. I'm like, you know, I'm looking at the wall. I'm like, I've never actually uh, joined Shrine before. All of a sudden, this guy, this old guy, his eyes lit up. I should have looked at his name tag because it said, Membership Committee, Zura Shrine. I'm not even kidding. He had an iPad. (laughs) Wrote up my entire petition. I am now in pre-petition phase and have been for two years. Wow. Yeah, and there's... They they used to hound me with phone calls at least once a month. I was like, I feel like Amway. Seriously. It's like the That's Columbia funny. Record Club. I know. Seriously. I'm like, you know, I got the six movies for 99 cents. Isn't that all you want from me?
1: <laughs> Turns, Turns out time. there's a
3: catch. Yeah. I, and they've literally been chasing me ever since. I'm like, no, I'd I, I prefer not to join. Are you sure? Hmm. I'll think about it. Just keep me in pre petition phase. I, went I didn't even know
1: we're, we're, we're gonna call you again in a week just to check up and see if you've changed your mind. Yes.
2: If you join the shrine before you are a thirty second degree Scottish Rite Mason, you're dead to me.
3: <laughs> noted.
2: You can you can do it in, in one of those combined classes like what we do here, so you can go do both in the same weekend. The Scottish Rite's first in those things though. So,
3: well, well, you know, that kind of brings up an interesting point. Is actually out here in Minnesota, we actually have this big tent event where lodges are allowed to bring their fellow craft masons, so their second degrees, to like a central location for their third degree in the morning. And, you know, it's this huge mass, almost mass conferral, right, of the third degree. And then they can all in the afternoon join shrine. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. I, I see you're being triggered again. <laughs> do you need a safe space?
2: This is not how this show was supposed to go, Nick. Didn't you get the script? <laughs>
3: I know. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm flipping the tables here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, literally we have this, this thing where you, a lot of lodges are sending their fellow crafts, so they do the entered apprentice fellow craft work, and then they send out their master masons off to this mass conferral, essentially. Of the third, and then
4: there's
2: shrine in
3: the afternoon. Hmm. Yeah. Culvers. I don't,
2: know, I don't really have a. Yes. Stop it. Oh, stop yes,
3: brood. it, Bruce. Stop it. You know so you might can not see th- it, but he's got Culvers and he's trying to tempt <clears> us. So, Harlan uh, is so taunting so me right now, and it's not fair.
2: Somebody, one of our one of our uh, lodge members, because for our fellow crafts to progress, we make them actually do, you know, stuff of worth. Still Mm -hmm. an ambulance, fire truck, uh, fish restaurant sign, as Josh did. Um, So I came in for dinner at our lodge meeting Saturday, and somebody had a a large box of these Culver's ice cream, like single-serve things uh, for dessert. And, of course, they said it fell off the truck, as we've taught them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So since I'm recording from the lodge, because I can't wake up my daughter – uh, I thought I would enjoy a frozen treat in front of Bruce, uh, who does not have one. Oh,
1: man. I hope you can hear the disgust I, in my I side of contempt, this
2: is This was more for Tony, but he's not here. I think he like lost the link or forgot how to install Hangouts on his <laughs>
3: Hangouts. Caught program. up in another riot. Uh, would we really want him to be on Hangouts? So I think I'd probably throw up. You'd probably throw up eating that ice cream and then watching that camera spin, let me tell you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of dizzying, <laughs>
3: uh,
2: but oh, no, really? So, we, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah.
1: In, in, anyway, Nick, tell us uh, a, l- a little more about yourself while Harlan just sits sure. back and well, eats well, his he, he, damn he ice cream.
3: Gorges himself, on. on I'm, the, I'm I'm turning your video feed off, Harlan. The the most delicious of George Culver's uh, Wisconsin treat. So uh, this,
2: is, <clears throat> this is Oreos and vanilla ice cream right here.
3: Wow. Okay, do I have to mute you too? I, I, I think you should because uh, I I'm actually crying right now, because uh, I literally anyway. live four minutes from a from a Culver, so oh yeah I'm very sad. You now. can you can I would, be, I would be a fat man
1: if if that were the case. <laughs> well, a fatter man. I live like <laughs> three minutes <clears> away from <throat> one
3: too. Yeah, there's one
2: right here in the neighborhood that the lodge is in.
1: Oh, man. You can
2: proceed with your triggers, Nick, because nothing's gonna phase me now. <laughs> mm.
3: Yes perfect uh but no nothing else really uh major i've I've been named recorder of like all the york rape bodies that meet in my building and so it's been it's been fun although i did receive the dues cards for uh uh knight templar and when i opened the envelope it did in fact and i'm not even kidding smell like chili powder <laughs> like, it's sent from texas that's where they're headquartered and i'm literally like did somebody eat tacos while they were packing all of these membership cards? Cause, like, I no, they just,
1: they, they just sprinkle a little chili powder in each one of them.
3: Uh, yeah, I, and I or said to my wife, I'm like, smell this, smell this. And she's like, why does it smell like tacos? And I'm like, I have no idea why it smells like tacos. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. So ours know.
2: usually end up just smelling like pancake breakfast because we fold them over here after the breakfast. <laughs>
3: Uh, I don't know how much I owe. It's stuck right to the envelope.
1: Well, we we seal them with the lodge seal, except instead of wax, it's just pancake batter that we put on the back of the envelope. <laughs> we'll just put a little syrup. dab of batter and then stick the seal right on there.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, the syrup is for the envelope.
3: I love it. That makes perfect sense.
2: Well, we we like to make use of the resources we have. So, uh, so nothing else of note. So, Nick, I, I heard from somebody that, uh, that you, in fact, have been appearing on, on, a, on a different uh, masonically-themed show a few times.
3: Huh? Uh, would you be discussing the round table? Or...
2: That, sounds, that sounds familiar. I mean, I've never heard of it.
3: Yeah. Round yeah. table. What is this thing you speak different? of? Well, it's, it's a very nice show. Okay. I think you might enjoy it if you listen like a, to like it. Like a TV show? Or? It is it is a little of both. It's a YouTube channel. It's uh-huh. a, uh, a Masonic podcast of sorts. Wow. It, uh, it delves into topical discussions of Freemasonry by choosing a simple topic each week and delving right in. Uh, last week we actually had uh, Elena Lamas, who is the uh, one of the – PR people over at Phoenix Masonry, and she discussed uh, Le Droit Humain, which is uh, the French uh, the girly masons. Yeah, yep, exactly, co-masonry and things like that. So it was pretty fascinating. So if you want to check it out, the Sonic Roundtable, uh, you can find us on Facebook or on our website, which is something I don't know, I don't remember it. But
2: so <laughs> you guys, you guys on, on Hangouts then, since you said it was a YouTube thing.
3: We do. We do hangouts, supposedly hangouts. So stealing supposedly
2: our out. ideas.
3: I know, mm. every single freaking time. You know, it's, I, I cannot lie. You guys have the best setup, so I had to. I had to say, you know <laughs> what, let's do this. Let's make this happen, guys. Let's steal from the best. Because he, as Steve Jobs. knew it said, was going to happen two years later, right? Exactly. Steve Jobs says, you know, Steve Jobs says, good artists create, great artists steal. That's what we're doing. And so, thank there you guys you very much.
1: Uh, I've I got to say though, Nick, your show, which of course I've never heard of because nobody's ever informed me of it, uh, sounds entirely too intellectual for our show. I, like, do, do you all sprinkle in uh, like the dick and fart jokes like we do, or
3: we've been trying, but uh, there's no uh, Baba Booey yet, so I've tried. Mm. I've actually right. tried,
1: but uh... you got to get you a soundboard with like a slide whistle and a like a wolf um, howl and some other random I've been sound saying effects. Before.
2: <laughs> You could just invite um, the reverend to be, to be on, uh, on your round table one time. Then you'll have all of the laughs and depression that we have.
3: <laughs> will, will I get all those wonderful impressions other than oh, my yeah. Bernie Sanders impression? Because that's the only one that I have been doing on the show. <laughs> and it's very difficult to do something for a candidate that is no longer running for president. It's a pretty good impression, though.
2: It's It's going to be huge one day.
3: (laughs) Huge. Huge. Oh, man. Okay.
2: On that note, now that we've uh, done the obligatory plug to the roundtable guys,
3: Uh, who, again, I've never seen or heard of, but they're out there somewhere. Your check is in the mail. (laughs) You'll have to divide it up in half.
1: Why don't you uh, go ahead and pimp your blog since we're doing that now, too. I will be sure Sure.
3: to...
0: In the show notes. A blog?
3: I do. That that needs to be updated. Holy crap. I, honestly, the, if this Illuminati spammer guy keeps putting more comments on there, i spend more time deleting <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati join join the Illuminati get rich scheme uh, comments. But uh, MillennialFreemason.com I'm currently finishing up a paper on uh, the Ecclesiastes writing that is found in a lot of third degrees. Um, particularly the, the pieces that are left out of it. And so I'm trying to uh, uh, kind of distill uh, what that means in relationship to uh, the rest of the degree work. But uh, that's coming. It's it got a lot longer than I thought it was going to. So it went from two pages to well, apparently a college essay. So, <laughs> so uh, but I don't I don't cite because cites are for uh, I don't know for buildings for or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: You know, good writing is more about what
3: you don't say than what you do say.
2: Exactly. That's why bloggers, especially Masonic bloggers, should keep that in mind.
3: Well, you know, that's the thing is, especially with like, okay, so I was chatting with uh, Tom Acousti, who runs Tower Masonry Blog, and he and I were kind of allegically staring back at uh, uh, the Masonic blog era of between two thousand and two and two thousand and seven or two thousand and nine, right? So right before the crash, right after the crash. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but Masonic blogs were huge. I mean, essentially right. it was the only way to communicate because there's no Facebook. Facebook was in its infancy. Most people weren't on it yet. So blogs were still like a hot commodity. <clears throat> and so he and I, I, I kind of maintain my blog role on the side as almost like, a you know, pouring out a 40 for all these guys that have gone, you know, before me because these blogs, they were, Genius, and now you know they're just gone. And so you know when they would say, "Oh, this this Masonic stuff lasts forever; these blogs last forever; the internet lasts forever." It's absolutely not true. Most of these guys, their blogs disappeared. They stopped writing. They were taken back by Blogger, and they just disappeared. And it's you know a decades worth of knowledge that just vanished without a trace.
2: It's still yeah. it's still out there on uh, all. <clears throat>
3: Well, and because you, before
2: blogs, there was alt Freemasonry.
3: Word, and that was. It's still fun, you know, to look at that stuff back then. You're like, whoa! But uh, yeah, I've been trying to collect at least some of the uh, blogs of that era because it was just such a. I mean, you were having these transcendental experiences reading. You know, what does faith mean within a Masonic fraternity? Things like that. You know, it's like. And now, you know, because Facebook and this instantaneous communication stuff that we have, it's just it's just not the same. You know, it's it's just different. There's less thought based on a broadcast out versus, you know, broadcast out feedback in. And it's just I don't know, it's it's very different, you know.
2: It is. Yeah. And I, I kinda wonder like I guess back when back when popularity or the response to your content was measured in insightful comments and page views rather than likes?
3: Oh, man. Because
2: it's very easy to just click the like button.
3: Well, one of my most favorite interactions was with Brent Morris. I've chatted with uh, um, Chris Hodap. I mean, it was this huge community. This internet masonry concept was just so fresh you know i started in masonry in march of february of 2006 so it was you know at that time uh, you know i uh, when i started my blog i i was essentially just writing it to uh be this examination of what is a grand lodge i'm a new junior warden i'm kind of an idiot right (laughs) and then it like expanded out because you start meeting these other guys and you're trading information and you know, once you start trading information, you start looking for more information because then you want to trade back because this guy giving you something, and it, you know. Now with this, I, I, and you know, I don't, I don't belittle Facebook or anything like that. I think it's an effective communication tool, but it's it's so instantaneous that the thought behind comments is just not as quick. Um, you know, people, you know. SMIB all the time, you know, it's like, well,
1: right, right, right.
3: Is that about it? (laughs) Is that all we got?
1: But I mean, that's that, unfortunately, that's the nature of Facebook. When you have 500 friends and you want to, you know, see what everybody's been up to, you only have two seconds to devote to a post and you read it and it sounds, you know, insightful or whatever, so you just thumbs it up and move on and you ain't got time for conversation because there's cat pictures and and what somebody ate for dinner and, and, you know, Mm.
0: it's,
2: Correct, and that's why um, if you want to reprieve from Facebook, you should come over to IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Which I need to—I
3: to, seriously need to go on there. Like, seriously, I—I've I, been so lazy. I should just do it because, like, so, I sit there and hear you guys say, it and I'm like, oh, I'm, oh, well, I got stuff to do.
2: <laughs> so the full scoop on on the IRC channel, like way back when Soulfire and Mitos kind of. I guess it was Soulfire that got that going. Don't know the guy's real name because he preferred to remain anonymous or whatever. Still owes me those lap dances. I haven't forgotten. I just can't find him anymore. Anyway, uh, when he started that uh, and then those guys, like when we first started pushing it on the show, there was just a couple guys hanging around in there at like any given time and most of the time it was just dead and idleness until somebody would speak up and hope someone else was there. And over the past uh, few years that we've been doing the show, and that channel's been there, it's been this very slow but steady growth, and today if you go, like there's, I don't want to speculate how many people, Uh, I know it fills up my my bar on the right hand side that says how many, and there's just always something going on, and even if there's not, if you just say hi, something will get started. It is a it is a bump in place these days. Um not quite the ghost town that it used to be.
3: Well, excellent. I'll have to definitely jump in there. Yes.
1: But I mean, I, you okay. touched on I think one one of the problems with IRC at least in my point of view is, you know, you got to be there when everybody else is on and that's why I love the subreddit so much, uh our freemasonry because it, you know, it, it anybody can subscribe and they can spend as much time as they want you comment somebody comments back you get on there when you can and you can have the discussion if you want to or if you want to just get on there for you know masonic meme monday and laugh at stuff and then move on you can do that too right i I, I think that's about the perfect form of media for most freemasons
2: it's just a different different format right so it's it's that instant interaction, and it's much more personable. So you jump on, you don't know who's actually on and who's just connected, but away from their computer. Nobody uses the AFK thing anymore. Yeah. It's kind of idle there. Yeah. But you start talking, and then there's somebody that's there, or somebody will just show up who's new or asking questions. And there's like a much more personal, um, calling something across the internet personal. But compared to Facebook or the subreddit, uh, there's that instant feedback and this like more personal communication. And so I've got I've got to meet and and, and learn things about guys that I would have never done through Reddit or Facebook or, or otherwise. And guys are much more willing to to be open about what they think in that sort of medium. Uh sometimes you might even start like private messaging and hmm. there there's none of that fear about being like ridiculed on the on the subreddit. Uh it, it's so it it changes the dynamics so yeah you lose that that ability that always on ability that you have with reddit where i can say something and other guys can get to it later but in exchange you get the the instant back and forth and the more personable communication so i like them both um
3: i think they fill different needs you know it's when when you're looking yeah. for somebody who's like quick answer or trying to find like you know, you're trying to bounce an ID off someone and somebody else is right there. I mean, with the sub, it's one of those that you're, you know, it, it's a good, it's good and it's also bad because, you know, sometimes you're waiting for somebody to get to the point, you know what I mean? And then, you know, or or somebody's great comment doesn't get any upvotes because it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like, I'm not sure what this is supposed to so I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna downvote it. I'm just gonna leave it. And it's like, well, no, this is like, this is like discussing Chevalier Ramsey. You know, what I mean, this is like, huge things. You know. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I mean, really,
1: that's even worse if it's something good. But you know, too many people just kind of skim over it or whatever, and they're like, I, I didn't get it, and move on, and then it falls to the bottom, and nobody ever sees it.
2: And then there are the trolls.
3: Oh, the trolls. Some of whom may or may not be me. Um. Tom. <laughs> um, Yeah. Just write down them on a list and I'll have to ban you. (laughs) No, just kidding.
2: (laughs) So yeah, Tiki, the imposter who is not a moderator of the Freemasonry subreddit. Like I thought, but you in fact are,
3: I I am, but, uh, you know, it's one of those that thankfully, unlike a lot of subs, um, outside of the, the occasional, you know, spam attack that we've gotten, you know, uh, it it actually self polices in in a fairly strong way. Um, unfortunately, we've had some over reporting, but uh, you know it's just that's just the name of the game when your when your sub starts getting big. You know, it's like sure. more people show up, more people you know don't don't want a comment to stay on, and it's kind of like really <laughs> I mean, it's not Worst, it's not yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, Bruce sure. and I are are moderators of a different subreddit. Um the After Lodge subreddit, and our moderation strategy is what economists call laissez-faire.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so a little libertarian, so you might want to, it's not After Lodge really, it's like alt-libertarian, is that what you're... <laughs>
1: uh, something like that, we just, we, we, we let it kind of uh, police itself, and <clears throat> it, things rarely go awry. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: No, um, not all
2: the time. <laughs> if you're a Masonic official in any capacity listening to this, it may not be the subreddit for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the opinions expressed on the After Lodge subreddits are not those of the After Lodge hosts or co-hosts.
1: But, or I mean, sponsors. It's a, most it's importantly, sponsor. fantastic resource for, like, if, if somebody likes this show, they're probably going to like the subreddit. And, you know, I mean, how many how many multiples of people listeners do we have on this show who are not subscribers to the subreddit i mean that's it's a pretty huge difference and you know if if we had if if everybody who listened to the show was a s- subscriber on the subreddit we could get into some good stuff on there but
4: it would I mean, be it's,
2: huge you
3: know, it, well yeah it'd be yeah, it yeah, the 1% it definitely has of the 1% of things. the sonic podcast
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'd have seven more Subreddits. Subreddit. You, you might even call yourself millionaires
3: and billionaires. I'm just saying.
2: Mm. I call myself that all the time.
3: It it doesn't no get deal. me
2: anywhere. <laughs> nope.
3: nope. All right. Well, all
2: let's start know. on this list. Show up and want her money sooner.
1: I uh, copied it into the sideboard here. So, uh, Nick, since What's this about? is all you, why don't you just?
3: Uh... I guess pick something and we'll... Well, actually, I, I can't see it because I'm on... Um, so, just hit me with anything. Oh, so, okay. So, Tony's
2: not here. and We get another iPhone user.
3: <laughs> no, seriously. But you'll notice he was ready to go in,
1: like, five seconds. Yeah, Tony was just now beginning getting his stuff together.
2: <laughs> He'll probably pop in, like, at the
3: end or something. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, you know. No, it's just funny. I, I so love you it. You like
2: doing that Bernie, Bernie Sanders impression. Um this, this list that we got from Jason Mitchell last week of your, your trigger phrases, the first one on the list is, in fact, Bernistas.
3: Top of the list. Oh, God, burnies, Burnouts. Burners. Uh, Sandernistas. Uh, move on. Although, oh, my God, they drive me nuts. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them at all. If you want to have this
1: entire discussion about them uh, in your Bernie Sanders impression voice, that's like, I would be okay with
3: that. It's not. Uh, a... I would say that my supporters who live in basements <laughs> in Okay, Elroy, well,
1: you can't be Bernie Sanders insulting <laughs> Bernie Sanders supporters.
3: That's I, really, not, I like it. I, like, I really is... <laughs> like that they show what is wrong with America because I love that they live outside in the cold because everyone can see that they are freezing without blankets. Isn't that nice? <laughs> hey, Bernie. Yes. Happy New Year. Uh, it is only a Happy New Year for the one percent. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, no, that's pretty good. That's, that's, that's
1: pretty good. Uh. <laughs>
2: but, you know, I think I'm just gonna write you in uh, here in about a month. I'm just gonna just gonna write Bernie in there on the
3: ballot. Well, I I will be watching from my lake house. In New York, that I just purchased for $600,000. And I will be very appreciative of all the votes that you give to Hillary Clinton by writing in my name. Yes, does he support that's, her now. that's not how this
1: works. That's
3: not how any of this works, Bernie. <laughs> Are you sure? I, I mean, I really don't understand. I'm celebrating New Year work. with the 1%. Yes, I'm sure. I, I'm only a Democrat for like nine months, so I'm not really sure how it all works. Would you uh, like some Ben and Jerry's?
2: <laughs> great. I believe he... Oh. Whole
3: verse. So, uh, I'm
2: uh. Proud to, to count you amongst the tribe. And, uh, thank you for appearing on the show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh... Alright, next. For the 1%. What, what is that? <laughs> uh. <sighs>
2: provincialism in and provincial attitudes about masonry.
3: Ooh, perfect. All right, so I've coined a phrase that I've used for a long time called provincial masonry, and it's this concept that most brothers, you know, I'd say probably almost 90%, never actually leave their own lodge. So they absolutely have no concept that masonry looks any different than what they see within the four, uh, four walls of their own lodge room. Okay. Well, I mean, clandestine
2: masonry doesn't look like my lodge, but everything else does.
3: Well, you know, it's sort of yes, sort of no, because you know, it's one of those that you know, from district to district, you see something different. Um, You know, lodges, at least maybe in Minnesota, it's kind of different because even though we're all required to use the same ritual, you know, it's there's variations, and I don't, I don't know where you guys are in Pennsylvania, but you know, I mean, I'm not exactly sure you know, how variant you're allowed to be, but, you know, it's one of those that I I do. I think a lot of brothers, you know, they don't realize that, you know, the needs and the wants of like a city lodge are completely different from a suburban lodge, which are absolutely different than a rural lodge. And even within rural lodges, you'll have some that are meeting in the basement of some. Absolutely. And,
1: and a lot of lodges, uh, even like, let's say ones that were formed like our lodge, um, a bunch of guys who started the lodge all had the same job, so that lodge is going to be drastically different from all the other ones. Even you know, even if they're not allowed to practice, different.
3: Exactly, and you know, it's it's kind of interesting to see England is jumping on this concept of you know this this bandwagon. And and at, at some points I'm I'm kind of leery of it, and other points I'm not. Is this affiliate lodge or affinity lodge? You know, this concept that. Based on what you do or what interests you have, you're forming these lodges, and I, I like it in, in some respects because you're you're giving these guys kind of a common interest, right? But at the same time, you're again missing out on on this provincialism. You know, it's, essentially, it's it's provincialism hyperized. You know, it's like yeah. what you know. Not only are we just like into boating, but we're a boating lodge, right? And you know, it's like that in all these states. You know, it's but it like,
2: defeats the whole point when you do that, like I, we tried an affinity lodge here a long time before I got here. I think it didn't work out in the end because it undermines kind of what Freemasonry is, which is that, that inner mixing of men from different walks of life. And, and when you don't have that, there's, there's, it's just kind of a, like a shrine club. Yeah. Like there's yeah. not really anything special to it.
3: Yeah. And it hyperizes all that, all that stuff. It, it makes it so that you're, you know, you're you're completely cut off. I mean, you're you're literally picking a lodge for the sole fact of something that you're already interested in anyway. So it's, and that's the thing is the problem in masonry is that we just we hand these guys the dues card and say, well, this allows you to travel, and guys just look at you like, oh, well, how do I do that? You know, and and we right. don't really explain it. That that is literally the the biggest fault that we have in masonry is that. Guys don't travel around, they don't make connections, they don't build a network by which to prevent you know either bad things from occurring at the grand Lodge level you know where grandmasters you know take over essentially you know and it also prevents you know lodges from essentially becoming these microcosms of, upon themselves and never change and then just die you know with five guys left because you know they just they, they stopped understanding what they were there for.
1: Well, they got bored. They were doing the same thing. I mean, you know, yeah. you, if if you don't go to other lodges, you don't see other ways of doing it. You just come to your you know business meetings, don't do anything else, and of course, it's going to get boring. Especially if you're in there for thirty, forty years.
3: Yeah, I, I I mean, I can I can honestly tell you when I was going to one lodge, they use a consent agenda. Let me tell you, consent agendas are the greatest invention of all parliamentary procedure that I've ever seen in a lodge. You know, they drop an agenda in front of everyone's lap and say, "This is." What it is, you all vote on it, done. And then they go right into education. Hmm. It's amazing. My AMD council runs the same way. You know, you drop in a t- consent agenda, you ask for if there's any additions before the meeting, those are included, and then everybody votes on it, done. I like it. Yeah. Some... It, it, and that's the thing, is, you know, if I hadn't traveled around, I wouldn't have known about it. And I'd still be trapped in the dark ages of hearing about corndogs.
1: <laughs> i kind of want oh, to do this now corn dogs that don't even come to be nick that's the important thing here
3: my, okay my sadness level
2: we have to move on because uh I, i've learned something and, and that's not what this podcast is for so <laughs> right uh, Bruce, you and i will will chat about this consent agenda thing because i never thought about trying it in lodge that's
1: kind of a um, neat idea Actually,
2: and now you're allowed to make a fart joke, please. <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> Uh, well, and that's the thing. If you look and see if your rules allow for consent agendas, they will change your life. Like- well, so
2: our rules here are actually very, um, very, very... Uh, they They mention the rules of parliamentary procedure, which is basically all the rules. It just says the rules of parliament, which of course is referring to Robert's rules without naming the book. And then in the next paragraph goes on to say that but it's not parliamentary and the master has full discretion over yep. basically everything. So
3: nice. So yeah, you could actually get away with that. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. We I will have to discuss it. that. Oh man.
2: We do have to read the minutes, though. There is no getting around that. I, oh I've man. Tried. You guys
3: can't just send those out.
2: Nope.
3: Oh God. I'm so sorry. I have,
2: I've tried. Uh, I, I've looked up every workaround I can think of and, and, Nope. That's not just in our bylaws, but the, the Grand Lodge's rules as well. So,
1: To be fair, if we didn't have to read them, Tony would be way less active in Lodge, <laughs> which I just realized is a fantastic thing, so let's see if we can find a loophole for that.
2: <laughs> I've been looking for years. Also, it's not just the minutes, so it's uh, any correspondence that comes through the secretary to be presented to the Lodge has to be read. To the lodge. Oh my god.
1: Uh, Just out of curiosity's sake, is there anything that the master can suggest, like let's say at the beginning of that reading, that would maybe um, enhance the
3: process? Couldn't you uh, say we'll give a a briefing of all correspondence all at once and then just essentially say we've received blah, blah 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 from blah blah blah?
2: So I, I do that sometimes, even though I'm not supposed to, because nobody really would notice. Like when we get a big letter from the Boy Scouts that's four pages talking about the history of some guy we've never heard of. <laughs> uh, and it's asking for nominations for this service award, you probably got something like that at your lodge recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um so something like that, I just mentioned, like, hey, here's what it is, and if you're interested. You can grab this off the secretary's desk without actually reading every word. Uh, but I look at that as different from correspondence that was addressed to the lodge uh, or to the craft. So, for instance, here when we get a petition for the degrees, we actually have to read like the petition as it's written. Yep. Yep. Um, you can't just say the guy's names, whatever. He lives at this place, yada, yada, yada. You actually have to read the preamble and the... Mm. The, every
1: uh, word of the petition that every guy in that lodge has already heard 5,000 times before. Yes. Oh, my
2: God. Uh, <laughs> but I think that stems from some kind of local tradition here because our uh, local government bodies, so like our, our city council here in town, uh, the city attorney has to read every word of every ordinance before a motion is made to enact it. Um, and that gets real tedious when you're talking about annexations and most of the legislation is like survey points. So you're just reading this geographical survey word for word, uh, or the budget gets kind of crazy uh, and, and so all of the cities here are like that, and I think the the lodge for whatever reason in this area there was felt the need to do that it was probably so we do it it was,
3: it was probably illiteracy. you know a lot of a lot of jurisdiction jurisdictions you know states would worry about that somebody couldn't read, so they would be forced to have to so that they weren't, you know, they weren't hiding anything, elected officials, but, you know. Could be.
2: Yeah, because uh, yeah, the unions here do it, too, and so do uh, some of the other, like, groups and organizations that I'm a part of. They
3: all, They all do that. Yeah. It's so. probably a notice deal, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's why I have to do it, uh, and that's why the rules are there. So
3: yeah. My soul has died of- hearing all that, let me tell you. In spite I, of what actually,
2: people think, I don't do it just uh, because I like hearing myself talk. Because I could talk about other things instead of just reading. So,
3: you know, you could just you could just say, "Oh, uh, the minutes are red," and then just move on and see if any. As long as you don't see any uh, purple bellies or anything, you are good to go. I'm just kidding. I would never, ever say that so, you should not follow the rules. Uh, of
1: course, we would never do that, Nick. What a silly idea, Harlan. Write that down.
2: If, if I was not, if I was not one of them,
1: uh, I <laughs> right, right, it's a to get away with.
3: <laughs> Oops, I, I can't forgot. play that.
2: I didn't know excuse considering uh, the the space I occupy.
3: My bad.
2: <laughs> I'd probably just be up front with it. Like, well, most worshipful, I uh, to be honest, I I just didn't think you'd find out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He'd probably slap your back like a nineteen eighties uh, cop drama. Yes. Oh. That's got me
2: out of that's got me out of several snafus in this fraternity is just coming clean with the well honestly, I just didn't think you'd find out.
3: Harlan, you guys slap back. Awesome job. <laughs> no, Harlan would be like, I
1: didn't want to do it, but the master made me <laughs> Yeah, I,
2: I, I haven't played that card yet. Uh, I'll have to write that one down for next year. Yeah,
1: you got two months to use it, buddy. (laughs)
2: Nice. So uh, how do you feel about the lack of festive boards?
3: Oh, well, let me tell you, this will lead right into Agape Lodge, which was a lodge project that I was behind that, uh, well, it kind of died. And essentially the purpose behind it was to meet as a lodge around a dinner table. And so the lodge itself would open around the table it would close around the table there'd be food in it you know the the way that our speculative uh forebears actually wanted to do that and i think honestly you go to lodges and it's not just the cold beans you know or whatever they're having it's just you know the simple fact that i i really wish we would just have a, a <laughs> meal you know and yeah no, and not I, bitter I, I...
1: I remember hearing about this from you before, Nick. Did you talk about this last time you were on the show, or maybe I read it on your blog? I'm, I'm trying to I, remember where I heard it.
3: Well, Tiki and I were pushing this, this particular uh, idea, I think, at that time. But uh, ultimately, okay. the Grand Lodge and the members uh, didn't want to see progress. I mean, not progress, but uh, they didn't want to change the code so uh, we could do it and... You know, it it would it would have been an interesting idea. Um, we actually had the idea of like salt and pepper shakers would be the columns, you know, for the you know, <laughs> warden. The actual highest ranking member would be the junior warden, you know, and he would get his own special apron. Since the lodge would be a little bit different, and yeah, it was it was actually a lot of fun to come up with all these plans. But you know, it's still on the it's still on the drawing board. I'm, I'm hoping it's not in development hell, but we're gonna make it happen. I think so.
1: Sounds like it's got a lot of cool ideas behind it.
3: Yeah. So you weren't just so
2: you're not just talking about like uh where your lodge does a table lodge a couple times a year. You're talking about a lodge that that is the lodge. It meets yeah. around the
3: table. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the stewards would literally be in charge of filling up people's drinks and So what
1: rule is there specifically prohibiting that? I'm just curious. Well, in in
3: the the state of Minnesota, it it. takes 25 Master Masons to start a lodge. But none of those Master Masons signing off on the dispensation can be sitting elected officers in another lodge. Well, there are five in every lodge, right? So it's the wardens, master, secretary, treasurer, right? And because of that, most of the guys who were interested in this, because it was essentially viewed as a secondary lodge, all of our signers for this new dispensation couldn't sign the dispensation because, you know, there were treasurers here or secretaries there or junior wardens. So so really there's nothing inherent in the rules preventing you from doing this. You
1: just need to find 25 dudes who are into it who are not in chairs. Okay.
2: We went through that exact same thing when we were trying to charter the traditional observance lodge here. Um, It's the same deal. The elected officials in in one lodge can't really do it.
3: Yeah. And and it just kind of kills forward momentum. And I'm not sure exactly what that's for. But, you know, I think it was at a time, I'm guessing most of this, when I was doing my research, it was 1920s. So, you know, it was probably lodges that were in existence that were, you know, Tired of getting members, you know, sn- uh, picked up sniped from other places. So,
2: well, and there were like twenty lodges opening every couple of weeks. If it's anything yeah. like we were in the nineteen twenties, thirty, yeah. so yeah. they didn't yeah. need any more.
3: Yeah, and nowadays it's like you've got these mega lodges, and nobody knows each other. And yeah, it's it's kind of one of those. I think we're coming back to this concept of intimate lodges. You know, where there's only. 20 guys and they actually know each other and they're there for a reason and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's going to be a change. It's going to be a process, but I, it's still on the drawing board. We still have all of our plans written up and hopefully when these guys start moving through the East, uh, we'll start it back up again. So
2: cool. So uh, I like The next the point that Jason mentions is that the Swedish right sucks.
3: Yeah, he's incorrect. The Swedish right is the most amazing thing on the planet, and uh, all of us should do it, and I know it's Christian only, but I would totally like, change one or two things if it would make it so everybody would do it.
2: So you're in the Swedish right, but not the Scottish right.
3: I wish I was in the Swedish right. We had a, an episode on TMR about that, and it uh, uh, I, I started tearing up, actually, because it was so exciting. I was fangirling hard. Like, sixth degree. You know what you get in the sixth degree? Your own frigging Harold Shield. From the actual like Danish like arm arm guy, you know like hey, so, you... so Where do I go to sign up for this thing? Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Well, you it's a... S- sounds, I'm a I'm a fan already. I don't know what it's about, but I'm a fan.
3: Dude, Swedish, you know Swedish Swedish beaches, Swedish uh, beach teams, Swedish uh, right, meatballs, right. Swedish right. I mean, they all make perfect sense to me. Oh, just saying.
2: But if it's a Christian <laughs> order, are they going to let you in on the account of you being a lawyer and whatnot? <laughs>
3: I'll just say, hey, Thomas More. He was one, right? He was one good one. There's yeah. got to be at least one more. <laughs> got it. Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing. Is you're right. I mean, the Swedish right, not allowing in uh, non Christians is a suspect on its face. But at the same time, it's like, oh my god. Just if if you want to watch an episode where I start crying, that that was the show because it was just every degree you carry a sword. I mean, it does. It sounds a lot like Scottish right, but Scottish right, if.
2: Like the Grand Encampment, according uh, to
3: You know, it it sorta of is more like Scottish right, because like they essentially took the strict observance stuff and like but they it it's it's the concept is not so much rank. Rank doesn't matter. So a guy will serve as master of like a lodge or whatever they're calling him, right? And then after he's done, he goes back to the craft, he doesn't carry a title, he gets a slap on the back and he's back into it because that's not what you're going for. It's the degree. The degree is the thing. And so you're trying to, you know, it takes 25, 30 years to get to that, you know, top degree for where everybody else would be. And it takes years of study. Guys watch you to see if you need help. They meet every week. They're always learning, they're in secret buildings. I mean, it's like you're sitting there going, holy crap, mm-hmm. this sounds like masonry. Like the, the right, right, Da Vinci right. Code kind. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Sounds too good to be true. Is this like a mail-order thing?
1: <laughs> I
3: wish. What's, what's, yeah, what's, what's the catch, Nick? I don't know. Well, non-Christian, there you go. Oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the catch it's, right you
2: know, there. A a mail-order degree. <clears throat> um, Jason also wanted us to ask you about uh, you guys over at that other show you were talking about earlier, monetizing the craft, and, and with all of your Masonic celebrity <laughs> <laughs> and using it to to pedal snake oil. What's what's that about? Are these Whoa. are these charges founded?
3: Whoa. How do you believe? Man, he's really he's, he really wanted to dig in deep, didn't he? Well, you know, I've got I've got two minds about it. Um, one, I think sometimes you've got these guys who they've got a skill and they wanted, you know, they've also got an enjoyment in Freemasonry, and then you've also got these guys that join Freemasonry, and especially you saw this after the downturn. You know, and this is somebody, as, as I watched from the blogs, you know, before where you'd have like the same two vendors, you know, hanging out at Grand Lodge every year. And then all of a sudden, like two years after the crash, tons of vendors showed up and then now they've disappeared again because obviously there's no money in a niche market, which is essentially what Freemasonry is. So, you know, I think if you've got a skill, it makes perfect sense. If you don't got a skill or if you do have a skill, but you're just trying to make money off the craft, yeah, I, it, it's not so much suspect as much as, you know, you're just going to be disappointed, I think. So
2: what if you're a Masonic celebrity like you guys?
3: Um, well, like Mason commercials and whatnot. Let me tell you, it's, it's really tough. You walk in and everybody just, you know, you're wearing your fur coat. They walk around, and
1: they, they roll hey. out that carpet for you.
3: You know, I feel like Bojack Horseman. You know, completely depressed <laughs> with my success. <laughs> uh, right. You know, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but uh, as somebody who's watched all this collapse before, you know, vanity, vanity saves the preacher. You know, the part of Ecclesiastes we leave out. So I don't know. Right, go right. for not. <laughs> it just disappears and just revolves again. So. I know I'm such a downer. Holy crap! I'm just listening to myself now. Like this is going to be your saddest episode ever. That's my job. I know. You seriously. You should call this sad clown episode. Although to be fair, like our
1: list of topics for this show is things that upset you. So like I I don't know what we expected to happen.
2: (laughs) I was expecting more rage than tears, but I'll take tears.
3: I know. I sound like a sad clown. I'm like. (laughs) What you're Uh, saying
2: is, if I was to to publish a premium price book leather bound and everything, uh, you would buy it
3: because uh, it had a square and compass on it. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, seriously, I, I it actually shocks me a little bit, but at the get, again, it's like, well, it, it makes sense. I mean, you've got this fraternity, right? That's built on guys seeking. You can't join the fraternity unless you ask to join it. Right. So literally it's an organization of seekers, right? The problem is there's a lot of snake oil that gets sold. So you've got these guys that sell books on, Oh, did you know that we're related to Knights Templar? Uh, you know, or did you know that we're secretly Rosicrucians? Doubtful. You know, it's like you sit there and put these guys, you know, they know that these guys are seekers and they they want to suck up everything. You Alchemy. Mm.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, and, you know, they got, these guys want to suck up everything and they don't realize that some of the, some of the liquid they're sucking up is putrid. It's just absolute crap, you know? And, but they don't know it. I mean, they, this is like literally the first time they've ever Dealt in esotericism, so they're like, "Whoa, what do I do? I don't understand what what a, you know a magic seer stone is." It's like, well,
2: <laughs> well,
3: just slow down. It, no down.
2: So it is alchemy that I'm learning here, then. So I'm learning how to turn ink into gold. Exactly. <laughs> so have to write a book.
3: <laughs> well, and let me tell you, you know, I mean, lodges, you know, mm. you. Sign a check, right, every month or every year. <laughs> you
1: you would sell at least seven copies, Harlan. I can tell you that. Well, I've I've joked
2: about this often, but I actually have like thrown away, not thrown away, just filed away in lost Dropbox folders, manuscripts upon manuscripts that I just like ah forget it.
3: Yeah. Oh man, I have so many like one that was like purporting that that the uh, the building of the Free, uh, Freemasons was based on like. Venus being in some... I'm like, I literally own this book. Now, luckily I was in a book club and they sent it to me, so I wasn't a, the, the boob who actually, like, picked it out. But I still paid for it because I was like, well, you got to keep the book club going, so... Oh! So,
2: um, in the Scottish Rite, of which you are not a member, uh, there is an a organization known as the Scottish Rite Research Society. And if you join that society... Uh, part of your annual dues means that you get this this quarterly. Uh, it's it's bigger than a newsletter. Um, it has writing submitted from Brethren doing such research all over the country uh, or the world, rather. And also, every year you get one free book by Arthur De Hoyos. So he's like revising all of these old texts or cleaning them up or piecing them together. So you get that, and you get every year, another volume of what's called Heritam, which you've probably seen taking up space in a lodge bookshelf somewhere. Oh, yeah. So just saying, you know, you can add more of those hard-to-find books to your to your bookshelf.
3: Well, and if you want a Sclusi, uh, I'll give you a Sclusi right now. Once I'm out of, uh, out of the last chair that I have in one of my invitational bodies, I will be petitioning the Scotch right. So there's your Sclusi. You, mm, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. You have to... I know this is tell like, me when that is and i news. will
2: i will have to put in a personal visit
3: well, you know that's the thing it's like i i have i've I've totally like Jason who was on here before you know last last week or whatever it was, he actually like kind of chides me a little bit about how dude, you literally have all the Scottish right degrees available to you twice a year and you haven't seen a single one I'm like I know I'm a failure yeah. i'm a, I'm a crappy mason, yes. <laughs>
2: I mean, around here we're lucky to pull five out of a reunion, so, and yeah. that's like five of them twice a year.
3: Oh man, I am a crappy mason. I apologize.
2: Not <laughs> good. You know, until you you actually do it. Uh, so something about certain masons from Colorado, which is also a trigger for Jason Mitchell as well. I don't know well, if that. You-
3: means- he he is a little bit more turned off by it than I am, but apparently there was some shenanigans, money shenanigans that occurred in uh, the TO lodges that were there. A couple of brothers, um, one of them that uh, shares the last, same last name as as uh, the pro wrestler with the first name of Hulk, apparently got into a big um, issue with. Uh, a bunch of people. He's got like a fake Templar organization or something like that. And Yeah, I don't really know the details, thankfully, because, well, I didn't want to know, which is for a blogger, that's kind of a bad thing to say, but I sort of didn't want to know all the details because it just sounded a little bit sordid to the point where it's like, Ew. So, yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Alright, well then who is Coach Nagy?
3: Uh, he was a guy from Florida. I don't know if he's still... Doing stuff, but he's also one of. He sells a system of I don't know coaching stuff for Masons. I don't know. It's just all this. A stuff Sonic stuff. Life Coach. Yes, essentially, what he is. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, um, you know, whatever. You know, somebody wants to buy a product. I'm not going to stand in the way of the free market, but, you know, it's one of those that Freemasonry being less than alarm arms length in all these transactions, considering that it's a brotherhood. You know, it's it's one of those you shouldn't. You know, I don't know.
1: Well, it, it kind of ties back into monetizing your Freemasonry via, you know, snake oil.
3: Yeah, well, and uh, you know, I mean, I guess the dream for a lot of Freemasons is to become a professional Mason. So, you know, I mean, it mm. would be kind of nice, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like the job I have, so I don't need to do that too. But
2: <clears throat> if I could find a way, I'd do it.
3: Yeah. Well, grand secretaries are pretty close, right?
2: I mean.
1: Yeah, not not I so couldn't much. tell you. I've never seen one.
2: Not so much <laughs> there on the on the pay scale, but uh also uh you have to be grandmaster first and I don't I'm not about that life.
3: No, no. So
2: <laughs> uh, mostly because of the next point which I don't remember if this is on your trigger list or mine, but uh Prince Hall recognition is a big reason I couldn't be in the big purple throne. Yeah,
3: there's it's it's a it's an interesting issue. Now in Minnesota, it's not an issue at all. But that's you know one of those uh, like in because in...
2: there's no black people in Minnesota.
3: <laughs> Zing! Uh, but actually, our Prince Hall and and uh, our other Grand Lodge, I think we were the third, second, or third Grand Lodge to recognize Prince Hall back in the '90s. And actually, we allow plural membership between the two. Um, one of the members of my York Rite bodies is actually a Grand Officer in. Prince Hall side and he's also a Mason in our side as well so you know for us it's like not a big deal you know there's a lot of floating back and forth one lodge is essentially half the the whole lodge is plural members of two lodges and so you know it, it works out pretty well but you know Minnesota we're kind of a, a hip state you know in, in terms of that kind of stuff so it's you know it yeah
2: I'm glad you guys could get over the, the issues that other states are having. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's complicated. Cause you got all this stuff about, well, about history and, and all of the politics, and, and it's really all about that. Like, it, it's just it's complicated. Yeah, Not about yeah. racism. Well, and, it's about no. it's about the other stuff.
3: Yeah. Well, and, and for us, you know, it was one of those that it was like a, uh, you know, a Dred Scott occurred in, in Minnesota, the famed Dred Scott case that was, you know, terrible. I mean, it was one of the worst Supreme Court cases ever, um, and you know, it it. Uh, I think we were still paying, paying some some, you know, blood money onto that. So, you know, I think it. I don't think it it affected the decision, but I think there's always been that, that feeling within the state of Minnesota, at least in the population. So, you know, when when Prince Hall recognition happened, it was just like, oh well, it's a thing, whatever. And, you know, everybody just went on with their business.
2: <laughs> yes. So what you're saying is, of course, it's about
3: racism. Well, that's the third rail of American politics. So
2: <laughs> That's all it's ever been about. Yeah. And all the chicanery
3: with the politics and the nonsense. Well, you and, and you know, you're right. I mean, it's one of those that, can you serve two grandmasters? You know, I mean, <laughs> that whole Bible verse. But, you know, I think, you know, it's one of those that, i don't know i i do I do think there's politics, and I think a lot of that politics creep creeps in you know it's one of those that it's hard to be a a what would you say a a organization an organization that seeks to be reconciling all these religious faiths and political opinions all in a single body it's very difficult to then reconcile and ignore. Um, what's going on in the outer culture? I mean, we're seeing that right now with gay rights. Yeah, and you know, in Minnesota, I, I know a number of of married gay men because we're one of the first states that you know had gay marriage um, uh, enshrined by the legislature. So it was just you know, just like oh, it's happening. And you goes, guys are
2: single-handedly ruining masonry out there. Uh pretty close. Plus, plus our calendars are so packed already. Like Bruce is is going to get started on his calendar for mm. for our lodge next year. There's no room on the calendar and now we're supposed to put Kwanzaa in there too? Where are we gonna fit it? Where are we gonna fit it? Uh, we already got the the, the Hanukkah and, and Christmas and uh, Hanukkah.
3: Uh, I'm just um, glad you guys oh, pushed the Hanukkah thing. Oh,
2: and, a, and and I, 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 I did not agree to this. Festival. We have dirt festival in the spring. Well, well that's I'm important.
3: Tell- and I I'm telling you, there was this, I, I I originally worked at a, a nursing or a nursery, like when I was a kid in high school. and uh, I, I used to say that this uh, manager I had, he was the greatest salesman I ever saw because this guy was walking through, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm Jewish, and I, I got uh, some Hanukkah stuff that I, you know, I don't know how to decorate for. And he said, well, well, sir, I have Hanukkah lights for you. Essentially, he just took like two boxes of like white and blue <laughs> Christmas lights down and head. I know it says Christmas on the box, but they're just mislabeled. They're actually Hanukkah lights. Like, he's like, oh, well, thank you very much, uh, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh, my God. He just created a new product line. Uh,
2: <laughs> like, so, that's pretty great. So, Bruce, you're, you're letting the show get out of control because Nick I, keeps hitting my triggers instead of the other way around. <laughs> the, the, the Christmification of Hanukkah is another of them. <laughs> And I yeah, need to go Harlan. What, what right you secretly
1: didn't know is me and Nick met up earlier, and we—I I gave him a list, and that's the
3: actual top. Pretty much, you're yeah, already
1: you know. there. You don't get any safer than
3: Lodge. I, I could sing the song of Hanukkah, Harry. You know, <laughs> 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 not okay. Uh, safe space.
2: Christmas is a perfectly fine holiday. Like <laughs> just say Christmas. <laughs>
1: For shoving culvers in my face.
2: The um, so next on the list, uh, Bill Schnobeling. Oh no, that's that's the Harlem. Uh, uh, that's your list. I don't know. you
3: think about your uh, our illustrious profiteer,
2: brother Bill Schnobeling, 99th degree vampire oh, wizard potentate wizard. Vamp-
3: I, I, I love the vampire wizard part. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That is like literally when he gets to that part. I'm like, dude, that is like the greatest. Hard rock band I've ever heard. I mean, seriously, that slasher metal stuff? Oh,
1: vampire. It's yeah. not fair, though. You can't be a vampire and a wizard. It's two entirely <laughs> different learned lifestyles.
2: OP. OP. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Please,
4: yeah.
2: You So sit- you know when we were talking about making a living out of masonry? Like, that guy figured it out. Yeah.
3: That's the way to do it. He gets yeah. paid fees to go speak at these churches. Yeah. And and it's like mega churches. It's not like little ones. It's like the big ones. It's like, Yeah, you should see it. They're the devil. Now pay me. I think the reason we make fun of
2: him so hard is, is because we're jealous. Oh man. And I bet I bet he goes back to his lodge like every Thursday or whenever it meets and it's all like a gag with him and that close circle of friends. He takes the beard off and
3: <laughs> it's like they all oh, laugh about ready it. to play some Dungeons and Dragons guys. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, lately, uh he, he
2: became a uh a a uh, Jews for Jesus rabbi, so now he's a ninety ninth degree rabbi werewolf, <laughs> vampire <laughs> wizard. <laughs>
3: that's awesome. Seriously, I, nice. I, it sounds like it sounds like a band that, on its day job, it's washing bottles. I mean, seriously, that's awesome.
2: Oh yeah, no, I follow him on YouTube. Like half the hits he gets are probably just from me throughout the week.
3: Well, how how is he still like active? Active? I mean, is it like? I think
2: the uh, the the rabbi thing I saw on a YouTube video was posted. It was less than a year ago. Wow! That's when it was posted. I don't know when like the speech actually was.
3: I'm actually impressed. That's that's awesome. That's the way to monetize. It is <laughs> find it is. a niche to... that nobody else is taking and just move. You know, <clears throat> always be closing. A B C. Always be closing. Man, uh... <sighs> missed opportunity. All right.
1: And I so mean, it's I guess... it's.
3: Go
2: ahead. Oh no! You go ahead because
1: I'm. I was I was going to say it's it's funny until you realize that a lot of the people he's talking to are potential Freemasons who will not even consider this because it's you know it's, it's death and brimstone and and well, devil worship. Would we really want
4: anybody who's persuaded? Well, no, yeah, by, okay, but uh,
1: I'm, I'm talking uh, about people who didn't think that before he went in their church and. Do you really want shit? those
3: boobs to join our? our yes, that's where area. I was going. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I'm talking about young, impressionable guys. Everybody's a boob when they're, you know, 15.
2: We well, so. said we weren't going to talk about nipples anymore. <laughs>
1: <Zing>. <laughs> I said no such thing. That's true. Uh,
2: nobody said that but me. <laughs> right. I was feeling bad about the kid. You know, he's going to be a deacon next year, presumably.
1: That is terrifying.
2: Nah. It'll be fine. Uh, so, the, the last item on here, uh, well, there were a lot of items we skipped. Sorry, Jason, but you know, time and whatnot. We have time uh, Masonic ideology to support either elitism or mediocrity.
3: Oh, you know, it's kind of interesting. He and I chat about that. It's more like he views it differently than I do. Um, you know, for me, Freemasonry is exclusive. But at the same time, it's also an organization where, again, it's seekers. I mean, it's people that are finding us. So, you know, I, th- I think it's self-selective. But it's self-selective that we need to find a way to establish standards at the very beginning. Raise so that, dues. Yeah. I, you know what? you You hit that on the head so hard. I mean, seriously. But, you know, <laughs> if I had my way, I would raise dues to as much as how much I pay right now in all of my freaking dues, and just tell the Lodges, you can confer all these in one body. Because let me tell you, I would love to be able to not have to write. Right now, I think I'm cutting 11 checks to all the different stupid things I'm in.
2: 11 checks. If you you took up with the blow movement, you wouldn't have to do that.
3: I know. But honestly, I want to call myself a Holy Royal Arch Knight Templar Priest. Which I will be getting in in December. <laughs> you will almost
1: have as many titles as Bill Schnebeling. Pretty close. You're
2: close, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, like none of those are near as cool, though. They don't give you yeah. special abilities to fly and turn into mist and. You know.
2: Bruce and I will send you the link to the uh, vampire degree. It's it's mail order correspondence. Yes.
3: Uh, oh yes. There's oh, a lot of
1: FedEx involved.
3: I love it. Well, that's the... You know what? Seriously, I love throwing money away. I mean, I love... <laughs> I love correspondence. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think because we are self-selective, though, I do. I think dues is one. One deal. And I don't think there is an elitism. Cause I, I think there is a way to find an equal... A, a, a middle point, right? Because... When you do raise dues, you also have to raise quality because a lot of guys if if you raise dues but you're still talking about a pancake breakfast that you're doing or i don't know corn dogs um you know people are just going to sit there and say, "Why am I spending you know twelve hundred dollars a year for you know essentially nothing and you know when I was chatting with uh, uh Tiki you know Matt and I would chat um he actually he and i've always um, he him more than me always said, you know why can't we have some kind of men's club a gentleman's club and not you know not the 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 strip club type concept but you know the old kind you know where guys would just come in they they, they'd find the newspaper on the table they'd sit around they'd chat you know there'd be a cigar section you know you'd, you'd spend more money on your dues but you'd also have access to all these things and you know i think that's just it i mean it's one of those that you want to have expectations have to meet the money raised and it's almost like a chicken and egg because then you raise the money the expe- expectations go high but if you don't raise the money the expectations aren't there and so then you kind of stick with mediocrity but people kind of accept that because the money isn't very high so you're kind of stuck in this you know circle you know this infinite loop of just you know mediocrity and
1: self-repeating cycle right
3: yeah and you know i i don't want to price guys out to the point where you know you know, young guy X, but, you know, and I think Jason does have a point. He's actually discussed this before where he said that, you know, if you're a young, young guy, you know, and you're, you're barely making ends meet because you should be focusing on your career instead of masonry, you should be focusing on your career instead of masonry uh, and then you can afford it. And I think that's, that's, I think that that's a colorable argument. I think it, it makes sense in some respects because, you know, how can you improve yourself in, in any kind of masonic pursuit if you're not improving yourself in your own personal uh, pursuits outside of masonry um but at the same time i mean i would be <laughs> i would be uh you know dishonest to myself where I joined at the age of um twenty three you know and it's like <laughs> you know I would be a little bit dishonest by saying yeah oh, you you know, you, you, you dumb young guys. Why are you joining at this age? I mean, when I was your age, I was a mason. You know, it's well, <laughs>
1: like. So you're saying the young impressionable guys who would fall prey to such a thing, Nick? Because that's what it sounds like you're saying to me. Yes, but okay.
3: I spent
2: a lot more money than that on dumb things when I was 21. So. Oh yeah.
3: yeah. Well, and it's absolutely true because, like, not even kidding. Like when I, I first talked to my lodge and they said it was going to be $200 for the degrees, I was like. That's it.
2: Yeah, I had the same, same reaction. I, I had saved up in the months before I, I called the petition to make sure I could take whatever they were going to charge.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm budgeting for this. I'm, you know, I, I was the kind of person I was a saver. You know, I, I, I waited, you know, 10 weeks to buy an Xbox when they first came out because I was saving money every single week to buy one. And so I'm like, oh, I've got all this. I'm ready to save. I'm saving for it. And they're like, 200 bucks. I'm like, You know, I'm sitting on like at least four and a half. Really? That's all you need? I got more.
2: (laughs) Bruce, if you recall, uh, I don't know if you were around when I was was running around on that little motorcycle.
3: I was
1: not.
2: Okay. So uh, the timeline is such that I started riding that motorcycle uh, about a month after I took my EA degree. So the money I purchased it with was the leftover money I had saved up to join the lodge. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, I was <laughs> like, really? That's, that's great. I can have a motorcycle.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> well, and the thing is, you know, then you've don't got... do think that'd be $200? <laughs> I, well, and had I known that, I would have just saved the rest of it and paid my prepaid dues fund. and had been done. I wouldn't have to pay for dues ever again. But I,
2: Yeah, we, we don't have that here.
3: Oh, man. I'm uh, eighteen hundred bucks, and I'm I'm free off the books. But then you know it's like, do I want to? I don't know but, but as somebody who's now a recorder, uh, prepaid dues. Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> you you go broke yes. fast.
2: Well, the Scottish Rite still has them here, um, and I actually feel like it's it's a scam on the right to offer somebody that was my age at the time a life membership, and I think it was like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I remember looking at him and say, "You know that I'm I'm like 24, right? So unless I get hit by a bus, you guys are really getting the short end
3: here." Yeah, I mean that's like 16 years. That's like nothing, you
2: know. Uh, Yikes. I mean, hey, yeah, because I, I was I was 24 when I joined, and I almost paid it, uh, but I didn't have 700 dollars to just throw away right that day. Yeah, uh, but they must have some kind of annuity or something that's just paying out hella interest.
3: Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is, you know, I mean, these buildings, you know, that we all see, you know, these gigantoid buildings, they all live off of, you know, the income of the past. And we don't, you know, again, dues aren't keeping pace and we're not going to be able to pay for these buildings. But at the same time, then, you know, you're also raising dues without explaining why we need to save these buildings. And, Again, it's a circular, it's an infinite loop of of death.
1: <laughs> you know what we could do to raise extra money, Nick?
3: Van-cakes.
2: Escort rings, Please say
3: corn dog stand. Yes. Oh my God, we're gonna hit every damn fair. We're gonna make so <laughs> much money. <laughs> uh, Actually, we could
2: start a carnival. We've talked about that before.
3: there you go. <laughs> oh man, Gosh, yeah. for us. Well, and, and, you know, that comes back to this, and and this is really fun to tell the old guys. All right, there's two things that will really, really piss off an old guy, an old guy in the craft, especially this is for past masters. One, when you tell the new guy as a past master, you tell the new guy, oh, just call me Brother Nick. That's all I need. Hmm. Let me tell you, you will get pulled off by at least five of those past masters who will quietly but sternly tell you to never say that again. You are worshipful Brother Nick. Don't forget it.
2: (laughs) Thank God here in uh, Podunk, Pennsylvania, you don't retain the worshipful title when you leave the East. So oh,
3: We just put that in just less than 10 years ago.
2: Everyone's brother.
3: Oh, God. That's beautiful. That's yeah. absolutely the best.
2: Except for the past Grandmasters. They keep the most worshipful thing when they leave. But everyone else, you don't yeah. take yeah, it with you when you go.
1: I didn't even know that was a thing. That's crazy.
3: Oh, it's terrible. And you um, know, the thing it's is... Crazy, it's
1: crazy, but yeah.
3: And this will be one of those that you'll sit there and go, really, you're defending them? But the Knight's Templar, right? The one thing they absolutely get right uh, beyond anything is that the titling is always Sir Knight and then your rank. Everyone is Sir Knight, whether you're the Grandmaster of the Grand Encampment all the way down to little old me. You're Sir Knight, blah, 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 comma, and then whatever you are. But that comma, at whatever you are, is secondary. You are just a Sir Knight, that's it. Nothing else as it should be yeah you
2: know uh well, the council of kadush uh does the same thing just just throwing that out there yeah. just to to reiterate uh how much
3: you suck oh man. <laughs> i am just the crappiest mason on the planet seriously i i shame myself even my wife is ashamed of me she's like oh my god no just kidding she's glad she's like oh, not another damn check you're right you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know would she be glad for another night or two a month for you to be gone
3: Oh it's every Thursday. Else. Every Thursday is a Scottish Rite degree or two. Oh wow. Every-
2: Ours wow. is only like twice a month. Yeah. busy. We like in August yeah. and there's like half of those are like family dinners here. Oh, They're not man. actually just meetings. Full casts
3: so. in makeup, full stage lighting, everything. <whistles> yeah. And and we're one of the smallest Scottish Rite jurisdictions in the uh in the country which I, I, as a non-Scottish right member, I kind of have said this on the sub before. I'm like, any Scottish right that doesn't – and this I even said about Jason Mitchell's. I said, any Scottish right that is larger than Minnesota and is not doing all of its work, shame.
2: Shame. Yeah, so your your criticism would not ring so hollow yeah. You know, after you do the deed. I,
3: so. know. I know. Well, not yeah. only that, but St. Paul actually does almost all the degrees – and they're literally across the river. They're across the Mississippi. Yeah. So we actually you can watch three sets of Scottish Right degrees in the uh Minneapolis Saint Paul metro area. You wanna move here now? Uh, <laughs> it's cold but it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean I'm just, I'm not I just saying wanna move no. to
1: Sweden and join the Swedish <laughs> I just, right.
3: I just feel like the, the niche for
2: for cyber lawyers is is um
3: rather small
2: in minnesota i
3: don't know we have the fed reserve here i'm just saying <laughs> hmm. uh, so real, real
1: <laughs> quick let's jump back before i forget about this you said there were two things
3: oh the other one is uh, yeah uh you can really piss off somebody when you uh, an old guy when you say to him, you know i really think it's it's kind of uncouth that we ask the public to pay for our fraternal activities. They will, they will yell at you left and right. You know these pancake breakfasts are important for blah 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 blah. Yes. Ooh, you you the, incite... defending the
1: pancakes is is rule number one of of yeah. free. Uh, really? I hate to...
3: really? Ah, really? Oh ah, my God! Really? Oh ah! <laughs> my God!
2: what did i say what did i say oh well, failed
3: t- tyler seriously just fire him just fire the tyler right now
1: tony you are just in time for the literal end of the show do you have anything <laughs> to bring before this podcast before we shut it down
0: i have no idea who the guest is i have no idea what you my name about. is jesus
3: christ i've come back he's, Whoa.
0: The, he's that
1: young impressionable man you see in the picture down there
0: Hey, I have been looking for you, Jesus.
3: Hello. I know. I look like this.
0: That is no. My Jesus got blue eyes, blonde hair, kind of a sandy blonde. Why does Jesus need glasses? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I, I had a
3: Physician. buddy Holly
0: phase. <laughs> ah, okay.
1: Children. So, so they're, they're not functional. They're just for, okay.
3: Pretty right. close.
0: Is this Tuesday? Yes. I, I I literally just went to my tri- Twitter feed, and it, when I went to open up my phone, it says, Harlan has invited you to a Google call. And I was like, oh, hell. So, oh, hell. Yeah, so, Nick, you're oh, I'm sorry, about, Jesus. As a oh, Hangouts
2: shoot. expert, I don't know how to resend an invitation, like like take it back.
0: <laughs> after I've sent it. <laughs> well,
3: you Dude, can always drop him. I mean, I'm just saying. i never
0: got anything on my phone. If you had just texted me like normal people, then <laughs> – I would
2: have. I sent a text before we started, Tony. Oh, amazing.
0: I just want to make sure I get on the show cuz I just want to say one thing. Bruce was the master of our lodge last uh, meeting mm-hmm. and he did a fantastic job. Well, thank you, Tony. I'm I'm glad you got on the show. So, <laughs> that's so something nice.
3: Harlan
1: would never say whether I did or not.
3: Harlan's oh, just no, no, the, no, minutes. No. the chaplain said great job I, i've said yes, that yes i would put that in the minutes say it to you
0: harlan's still okay. mad because harlan's still mad because he doesn't get the final word even though technically he should get the final word i asked him if he wanted it but but be, because he has to be humble he has to give up the final word to he has team. to look humble we, we, you might want to we have a we have a deal in our lodge that at the end of the meeting, we always go to the senior past master, you know, whoever's the past master from the longest to go, and they get to say a few final words of encouragement or enlightenment or whatever. But Harlan, being a member of Grand Lodge, actually outranks our senior past master. And so technically, we should go to Harlan. And then Harlan gets mad because we always ask Harlan, we say, Harlan, would you like for us to go to you, or do you want to pass it to the senior master? Well, by asking him that, he can't say, no, I get to talk.
2: I've so, done it but- before. I did it on Widow's Night.
0: Yeah, you did, actually. I,
2: I said, no, I'm going to say some things. <laughs> Sit down, Ron.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I love your music, Taylor, but I'm going to say some things. I'm going to let you finish.
2: <laughs> well, and, and so, so it, they're so used to, to just skipping me over that uh, I, I, I don't know if, if whoever was there was already standing up when I uh, – just started ranting.
0: All uh, right, Harlan. And I know that you're getting toward the end of the show, but I actually met a Cincinnati Mason today. and
2: uh, he There's came, no Masons in Ohio, Tony. We've talked about this.
0: I asked him about wearing his apron and all this stuff. Um, and actually, they I think they do it right. Uh, he explained everything to me. And so, uh, anyway, um, he's now um, – a listener of the show, and he's actually going to have – he's got Lodge tonight, and he's having his Lodge members after Lodge tonight listen to the podcast. So we're going to have a bunch of new Cincinnati basins. So I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Big Tim. Well,
1: that's a shame we didn't have that episode where we talked about their jurisdiction specifically for them to
3: listen to. That would have been nice. Will there be chili? That's all I need to know. Right.
2: This is what you're missing, buddy.
0: What is – that's okay because I had a push-up. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, I it's missed all ten. You look like you just woke up, Tony. I had a sleep study last night, and I was going to tell y'all uh, next week. I'm going to tell y'all all about my sleep study. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's part two, Nick. <laughs> yeah. So Nick, can you come back? I'd like to get to meet you. And uh, so, are you a Muslim? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh,
3: I, <laughs> how is that I don't think so?
0: No, no I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. A Mormon. A Mormon. We had a Mormon on the show last week. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, you know,
0: I know I look like a
3: polar bear that uh, is my father, but no, I'm not a Mormon. I,
0: I, I truly did not mean to ask you if you were a Muslim. I, I, we had a Mormon on the show last week, and you're from Ohio, so you would more than likely be <laughs> Amish no no i well no
3: i'm i'm a very boring lutheran so oh i love lutherans you know i don't think even lutherans love lutherans i
0: think <laughs> they can quietly accept no, them no that that guy from lake Wobegon's a lutheran Um yep i've,
3: I've actually uh I've, when i was working at the pool i actually saw him on the lazy river it's uh, a little weird to see garrison keeler going around but uh there you go weird stories
0: he was, like in a, he was like in an inner tube. In, a, in an inner eyes.
3: tube. I actually saw Garrison Keeler in an inner tube with his daughter. Did you get, it was very weird. Did you get a picture? No, but I did go... Okay, so this is the story. I go back into the guard check, and I say to everybody, we have a famous celebrity in the pool. Everybody starts freaking out. Oh, my God, who is it? Who is it? They're all thinking of Josh Hartnett, like Garrison Keeler. Who? I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'm I'm going to the I'm going to the break room. <laughs> so
2: that's man, the reaction that our, I, I our producer you. had when I said Thank that we were you. having a famous celebrity on this show.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
0: Nick, um, what are, Nick, I'm I'm not as good a Mason as Harlan or Bruce. What are you famous for? Uh,
3: I, I I write a, a, a short blog and uh, MillennialFreemason.com, and I'm also on a, a very small podcast, uh, The Masonic Roundtable. It's a fun show. Roundtable. I'm going to have to look that up. That, um, it's a very small show.
0: Harlan, is that the one that you and Bruce are always talking crap about? Um, is that the same one?
3: No,
2: no, we've never heard of this. Oh, <laughs> we're we're going to go check it out.
0: <laughs> no, this is, a, this is a new thing to me,
1: Tony. <laughs> apparently, apparently they do video and audio. What a crazy idea! And get this—you'll like this. They do it on Google Hangouts. What? Right. Yeah, we
3: actually stole it from you guys. I feel actually kind of bad about that. So now,
0: are you? Nick the Millennial Mason? Is that you? I am. Oh, oh! I would have—I would have combed my hair. I would. <laughs> sorry, I, I realized.
3: Uh, um, you know,
0: <laughs> I would be. I, I usually look
3: it. disheveled on the on the other show, so. You're good to go. You look better than me. All oh, right.
2: You do have to get off to do the other show, don't you?
3: Um, I just – Yes. Man,
2: on,
0: so. Okay. Hey. hey. Uh,
2: so, we're going to have to cut it short, fellas, so Nick can get out of here. So are there any uh, parting words?
0: Yeah, Nick, send me a link. I I just, I just missed this show, so send me a link. I'll, I'll show up on your other show.
3: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm minnesota nice i can't say no but i can't say yes so i can say oh okay i feel like you should talk
2: to the uh <laughs> to the other guys about that first so. yeah
3: see that's the problem with like minnesota nice like you sit there and you go you know sure you can come to my house but really you're sitting there going if i leave now and they see i'm not home will they leave too
1: you <laughs> see, I mean, you can't say no. This is why people call you back every week for two years because you, you didn't say no two years ago.
3: Oh, man. Hey, Holy Royal Arch, Knight Temple of Priest. That's all I have to say. That's literally what happens when you yeah. don't say no.
0: Okay, final word for me, and then I'm out of here. Is I just want to say thank you to Bruce and Harlan for uh, showing up at my house Saturday night after Lodge. I told everybody you were coming. I had all those other people here. Did you get the text <laughs> I sent
1: you, Tony, because you did not respond, and I was a little upset. I couldn't see the phone through my tears. Uh, <laughs> why, why were you already crying if you didn't know I was coming? Before that's the most the
2: text? beautiful thing I've heard all week. These... <laughs>
1: uh, Chaplain but... tears have magical properties, you know.
2: Well, Nick, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us uh, and spending so much time with us. We went way over what I told you we would.
1: Yeah, oh, we, we, right. we really appreciate you coming on. By the way,
3: Bruce, uh, for being Minnesota
2: nice and not saying no.
3: Tony, you guys you guys are the best. I, I really love this show. It really fit, fits a need uh, in, this, in this particular uh, world that we have of online masonry. so I keep doing what you do because you guys are amazing. so:
0: Yes, sir, we will. When, nope, you, when, you, say you, when you say you guys, does that include um, everybody?
1: <laughs> well, he did name two names specifically, Tony. I don't I, know if I, you were listening. I don't I believe either of those names was
3: Tony, but I will include you as well, Tony, because you know what? Again, Minnesota because you're Minnesota nice, right? Say but hopefully I'll be out of the house when you come by. <laughs> all right, just kidding. Come on by anytime. All right, Bruce, if you can tell you. Them all about our Scottish right degrees.
1: Yes. Ah. Nope. Nope. All right. Thanks again for coming on, Nick. Tony, thanks for showing up.
2: Yep. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to episode 142 of the After Lodge podcast. You can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Just email at afterlodgegmail.com. Hang out with us on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Pound sign, Freemasonry. And of course, the best place to find us, as always, is on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. So until then, we'll see you next week, brothers. Later. Bye. Later.